There has been a lot of controversy with the police departments across the country. It's quite disturbing, but then again, it kind of reminds me of the 60s and the 70s when there was a lot of civil disorders going on in the country. So I just want to give you my perspective on the situation that's going on now with the police department nationwide. My name is Eric, and welcome to the craziness that lives inside my head. In 1974, it was my first time listening to what was called talk radio. And a friend of mine was telling me about a show, uh, at midnight show, it was at late, late midnight, and it was run by Alex Bennett. I didn't know who the hell Alex Bennett was, but he said, you should listen to, you should listen to the show. So I was working a night shift. I worked a night shift at that time as a security guard. So from 12 to 8, what do you do from 12 to 8? So I turned the radio on and I did listen to Alex Bennett, you know. An interesting thing is, he was talking, it's 1974, he was talking about police brutality and how brutal the police was when it comes to protesting and this and that. Okay, that was my first, you know, thought about, oh, police brutality. Not that I ever thought about it. And the reason why I never thought about it because I'm like, well, if you're going to disrespect the police, then you need to be punched up the side of the head. Um, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that, especially uh, in the late 60s and early 70s when there was a lot of uh, protesting going on. And I've seen cases where the cops try to, you know, if they're supposed to stay in one area and the cops try to keep them in one area, I've seen cases where... Uh, students and protesters would spit on cops and throw things at cops and all like this, and then they get beaten. Then they get beat down, and you know, I mean, if you're going to spit on a cop, and all, you're going to get beat down. But besides that, there were, I mean, it was, in my experience, not unusual for the southern cop. I was in the north at the time. Well, we all knew back then the southern cops are going to kill you. If, especially if you're black. I mean, that, that was a given because we know how the racism was down in the South. Northern, Northern police was kind of lenient. I mean, like I just said, I mean, except that, oh, except that one time, remember Kent? Well, that wasn't police. That was the um, Kent, uh, Ohio, when they shot those uh, college students. But that wasn't the police. That was state troopers. So, Anyway, all that was going on in the 60s and 70s. Now we're back, what are we in? 2022, 2020, 21, 22, and here we go again. And I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you might say to me, well, it's not, they shouldn't be doing this. I, said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to be honest with you. I know back then, if you're protesting and if you're going to spit at a cop and throw things at a cop, they're going to come after you. And if you get your ass whipped, you deserve to get your ass whipped. I mean, they're trying to keep law and order. Trying to anyway. Now, I will admit, it can get out of 
hand. And this was Alex Bennett was talking about on his late show back in 1974, how a lot of police brutality because it's out of hand. You, all you need to do is give them the permission to beat your ass and they're going to beat your ass and they may go, you know, and you know, you may not survive. Not to say that if you mind your business, I mean, there are cases where people are minding their business and they do get their ass beat. I mean, I think a lot of that was going on in the South. Of course, I'm prejudiced against the South. You know how they are. But I remember uh, when black guys were getting shot up and everything by the police. And I remember a friend of mine, we was talking to one black guy. Um, and and we, we said to him, I didn't say it to him. My friend said to this, his, is his friend. And we all know those type of characters that uh, have no job living from um, girlfriend to girlfriend and you know they have no job so you know they're out there doing things you know but that's their life I'm not criticizing that's their life but then you have to take the consequences and one of the consequences if you're going to run from a cop he's going to shoot and my friend would say why are you running they got bullets Okay, we, him and I knew why they were running, because they were guilty. I mean, and, and the cops going to think the same thing. Most p people logically is going to think, if you're running from the police and they ask you to stop and you start running, you must be guilty about something. But usually it's the usual stuff. They have warrant for their arrest or, yeah, they are guilty of something. Maybe not anything, you know, they don't need to get stopped. If you don't need to get stopped, you mind your business, you if they say stop, you stop. If you don't have, well, if you don't have an ID, I think you got arrested if you didn't have an ID. I think they did arrest you. But anyway, that was bewildering to me and my friend. Because he used to tell his friends uh, that was, you know, running from the cops and one got shot. And it, 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 he goes, they got bullets. You can't run out of bullet. But they still run. And, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that what's going on today is correct. I'm just saying, because I've heard a couple of stories, if a cop tells you to stop, stop. If he's trying to arrest you, let him arrest you. Why are you fighting the cops? Now, I'm going to tell you a story. I was one of those people. I'm gonna be, I was one of those people. Here's, I'm going to give you my experience with the cops. One of my experiences was in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, I was with my friends drinking in the car, which is, well, we didn't have uh, DUIs, DWIs back then. So there wasn't, you know, um, I, I think as long as, well, I, I know we didn't have it. I don't know when the DWIs came out, but it wasn't, it wasn't illegal, I don't think. So we got stopped by the cops. And the first thing of my friend who was sitting in the front seat, he goes to me because he knew what I had in my car. Luckily for us, we didn't we didn't score. That's what it was. We was in a in a neighborhood that was very um, famous for people to go there to score on buying drugs, reefer, whatever. We didn't get we didn't find our, our contact at the time when we got stopped by the cops. But I did have a switchblade and a machete under my seat driver's seat and my friend said don't run because because see now I was going to you know not you know moves in the car and not that I was going to run I'm not that stupid plus I was fat where I was going to run to but 
he said, just, just relax. Okay, he stopped me. I showed him my driver's license. We all got out of the car. They searched the car. They didn't find drugs, but they did find this machete and the, and the uh, switchblade. So we didn't get arrested. And they, was, they were nice. They said, you know, I could arrest you for this. He said, but I'm going to let you go. And um, what are you doing here? We said, oh, we're visiting friends. You know, the usual. He said, say, okay, we got, he took, he confiscated my machete, confiscated my switchblade and let us go. That's, that's, that was one, one experience with, with the police. I mean, you know, I'm not saying, I, my sister said to me, I told that story to my sister. We, we, we uh, reminisced on that story with my sister. And she said, well, this is not 1960s. This is 2022. They, they're going to kill you. You got to be, this is, how, this is the reality. They're going to kill you. So anyway, that's one. The other one, I'm going to be honest with you. I was on 42nd Street. New York was pretty bad back then. And I forgot who was mayor, but they made it so that you couldn't, it was at a certain time of the day, especially at night, you couldn't mingle on corners, street corners. It's, I think it was a curfew. You couldn't do that on the street corners. And this is on, in the 40, 42nd Street area. Couldn't do that. Well, you couldn't do that because back then, that's where the drug drug dealers were. They were on the corners selling drugs. So I guess to stop that, you couldn't con- uh, converse or have a crowd on the corner. You couldn't, you couldn't lean on the corner. So, of course, I was on the corner, me and two of my friends standing there. You know what we were doing, standing and waiting. And the cops came, and he said, move it. And then... I, I was a smart addict. You know me. I got a smart mouth. He said to me, you got a smart mouth? So he arrested me, put me in the back of the police police car. And he drove me, you know, his part, him and his partner. I was in the back, handcuffed. I let him handcuff. I wasn't going to fight. That's correct. Plus, I'm, I'm 400 some pounds. Where I'm going to, you know, where I'm going to run, where I'm going to fight, you know. When you're that heavy, you got to this. I mean, where are you going to go? You can't run. Can't hardly fight either when you're so fat. But anyway, so I was in the back of his car. They drove me down to the piers from the 42nd Street Pier, right in that area. This is back in the late 60s, early 70s. It was many deserted. New York City was pretty much deserted back in the in the late 70s and 60s because of the um, that the city went broke. The city was going bankrupt. So it, and the all the factories ran out of the city. So you had all this this Desolate down on, on the piers. So they took me there. And they told me, they took me out the car. They uncuffed me. And then they put the gun to my head and pulled the trigger. Nothing happened. I was scared of shit. I was scared of shit. And he said to me, you know, we could kill you and just throw you in the Hudson River. And no one would ever know. That was it. They got in their car and they left. And you might say, wow, you could have them. But I don't think we had the um, civilian, the civilian board then back then against the police, you know, to report bad police. I don't think we had that yet. Yet. We had it, but not yet back then. So those, those are my experience with police. But then I did get beat up. By six cops. I mean, I don't know if I told you the story. The story is one of the reasons why I got sober and clean and dry because 
I got beat up by six cops. I mean, it was, I was working on Wall Street. I remember it was going to be a big snowstorm. And we had to stay in the bill on Wall Street because they had to open up the stock exchange. I worked at the stock exchange. Has to be open up. Wall Street got to continue no matter what kind of storm you got. So they put us up in the boardroom overnight with cocks. You know, they got these little, they rented out these cocks and everything. And I had to be back in the building at 10, 10, 10 p.m. because we had to open up at 9. We had to open up at 9. So they put us up for the night to make sure that we're there to open up. I was working, you know, the, the ticket tape that put the, 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 the mark on the ticket tape. Well, that was my job. So I had to be there to continue to make sure Wall Street is making money. You know what I mean? So anyway, but I couldn't, you know, the thought of being stuck up with my uh, fellow employees overnight, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to do this. So... I had to get a little stuff just to keep me, you know, mellow. Now, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I had some cocaine. I think I smoked a couple of reefers. I might have drank, uh, I might have drank a half, a half quart of um, 151 rum. I mean, and then I took some mescaline. The last thing I know, I took some mescaline. And then I was, it was 10 o'clock on the dot, I was right there at the door. Because if you're not there at 10 o'clock, you got, um, well, first of all, you're not there at 10 o'clock, they won't let you in the building. You're not there, to, and if you're not there in the morning, you didn't get paid. So I was there at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. The security guards let me in. One thing, I'm not going to go through the whole story. One thing led to another. I, I basically blacked out. When I woke up, I woke, woke up, I was in Bellevue Hospital, strapped to the bed. Bellevue Hospital, strapped to the bed. And I did not know what happened. I had blacked out. I it wasn't until um, the the union um, uh, shop stool came to the hospital and asked me that question. Did I know? I said I know. I said all I know. I was going through the door at 10 p.m. and that's it. And he told me the story. I don't want to go into the story. It's no, it's no big deal. But they he told me it took six cops to handcuff me, and they didn't handcuff me because they they. They was pulling on me, trying to get me on the elevator to take me downstairs. I, I was fighting them. There was six of them. By the time they got me downstairs at the door, I was, they claim I was naked, stock naked. And then they finally got me in the, in the police car. But they didn't take me to the police station. What they did, they took me straight to Bellevue. And that's what saved me. And that's what saved me. It took me to Bellevue because I was, I was crazy. Oh, I didn't tell you that I was smoking angel dust, did I, that night? Well, I'm, just, I'm just giving you my experience with the cops back in the 60s and 70s. And like my sister told me the other day, because she knows my story. She goes, you couldn't do that today. They'll shoot you. And she's right. When I went through back then by six cops beating me up and trying to get me out, out the building, I would have been dead. They, they would have shot me 60 or 70 times. Times have changed. I'm just giving you my experience. But I will say this. I don't know... What these kids are going through with these policemen getting shot and everything. But I will say this. You can't run from a bullet. If a cop tells you to stop, you stop. If you get arrested, let them arrest you. Let them take you. You can't run. Because first of all, you, these the way they're carrying on today, you don't know what they're going to do. I mean, 
If you're going to take your chance to run, why don't you take your chance not to run? This is Eric, and thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head.